This is the Faith Ventures Podcast, a project of the Libertarian Christian Institute, telling stories of Christians doing business for the glory of God. If you appreciate this program, support the nonprofit work of LCI by donating at libertarianchristians.com slash donate. And if you'd like to share your story, contact us at podcast at libertarianchristians.com. Welcome back to Faith Ventures. I'm Dr. Norman Horn, and today I'm joined by Mr. Brent Ducing, the CEO and founder of True Play Games. Uh, they are a really interesting organization that is producing wonderful games for kids and adults. So I understand. And so he is here today to tell us more about his journey in business and about True Play and what they're doing. So Brent, welcome to the show. Great to be with you, Norman. Hey, thanks. I've been really looking forward to this. I want to start off by basically kind of going through your career journey. How did you kind of come to be the Brit Ducing of today and come to get involved with True Play? What was your vision and how did you get into this? So my, my career, you know, I started out in venture capital in Silicon Valley. And, and for those old enough to remember this, I started out um, a week before September 11th, September the 4th, 2001 Ooh. was my first day of work at a real job. Yeah. And uh, that was also, if you remember the markets, the, 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 very, the very last gasp of the dot-com crash. Yeah. So it's been kind of tumbling since March of 2000, and then September 11th happens, and the market hits a bottom floor for almost 18 months. And so I started mm-hmm. in venture capital, and what was fascinating was it was a great time to learn venture because you got to learn how to invest in new technology companies based on fundamentals. Yeah, not on hype and eyeballs and nonsense, but rather on you know who's the team, what's the market, what's their customer base look like, what's their strategy different, strategic differentiators. I started my first company in 2005. I was 26. If you if you're listening, uh, you probably haven't. You might not have heard of it, but you might have used it. It's a company called Cellfire. Um, if you ever shopped at a Kroger or a Safeway or one of their affiliates, and they said use your cell phone to save money or use digital coupons. Uh, I founded that company, ran it. Eventually, we sold it to uh, uh, Catalina Marketing, which was a nice outcome for everybody. I then built a company called Lightside, and we built, you might remember, there used to be games on Facebook. So there was a game called Farmville. (laughs) A lot of people played. You may or may not admit that you played it, but you probably (laughs) did. And there were some very successful games on, on there. So we built games that were intentionally Christian, that told biblical stories, Journey of Jesus, Journey of Moses, Stained Glass, and we had over 7 million people play our games. We had high return rates and very high statistics that the core audience played our game for, for nine years. And I was really inspired, you know, as a Christian by the movie, The Passion of the Christ. Yeah. Because if you look at what Mel Gibson did in that movie, and this was, you know, two back over by the 2004, and it was right when I was becoming a Christian. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was a very impactful movie for me on two levels. One on kind of in terms of my kind of heart and conviction, but the other in terms of my career trajectory. And the reason is because think about that movie. It's now it's it's the most successful Christian film of all time. It's the number right. one R-rated movie of all time until Deadpool. But I think if you inflation adjust, <laughs> I think they still win. <laughs> I'm just talking facts. I'm not. Yeah, not no, I get you. I get I'm you. Just talking facts. Now I'm gonna have to know. I'm gonna make that calculation now. <laughs> Thanks um, for that. <laughs> well, yeah, the way inflation has been lately, you know. It's, <laughs> but if you look at the movie, it's the movie. It's a story everybody knows, but it's brilliant. Why? Great acting, great cinematography, great music. But he also adheres to biblical truth. So, so my takeaway was: if you can build entertainment content that's well executed, that's engaging, that's beautiful, and it is a beautiful movie in its own way, but mm-hmm. that adheres to biblical truth you can do something really special and you can change people's lives because there were a lot of people whose lives changed because of the, the movie, The Passion. 
And so that was the impetus in my heart that one day I want to do a company. And of course, God puts dreams in our hearts. Yeah. The good dreams, right? The, the righteous dreams for the fulfillment of the destiny that he has for us. And so that's what that was about. And so fast forward to many, many years later, we had done Lightside. We'd had a lot of success building Christian games. And then I'm at a point where I'm thinking, okay, what am I going to do next? And I'm getting bothered. You know, Norman, I'm getting bothered. This is three, this is about four years ago. Anxiety, suicide, depression rates, all time eyes for kids. Yeah. The average male is exposed to pornography when he's 11. There's a plethora of toxic content pushed on kids, you know, very sexual content, hyper-violent, drug, you know, drug glorification, demonic mm -hmm. stuff that, that, you know, you sometimes wonder, man, the people who make this stuff, do they have kids? I mean, give me a break. So they're pushing this stuff on little kids and you look at the stats, only 31% of children believe in God mm -hmm. in America compared to 60% of adults. So that's a crisis, right? That means a whole generation is getting lost. And that leads into things like anxiety, suicide, depression rates. That leads into things like, you know, confusion and mental illness because people stop understanding that they're fearfully and wonderfully made, that there's a God who loves them, that the Bible is a foundational, you know, set of truths, you know, rather than, you know, sex, violence, drugs at such young impressionable ages. So we thought, okay, we've got to go do something about that. And that's how we started True Play. That's yeah, that's super cool. And and I think that like that's an inspiring that's an inspiring thing for a lot of us, especially as creatives, that there are, you know, there we even hear about how people are uh constantly like creating, they're not creating what's what uh they're not creating content for other people. They're creating for themselves. We hear that especially within terms of like Marvel and stuff now. And it's and it's kind of disturbing on some level. And so to think that you're directly addressing an important need in an important population, our children in this regard, with something that's positive is really cool. And it's a good lesson to like look out, number one, look out for <laughs> look out for our children, but also look out for a good customer base. Like you can you can do something with that. So tell me like what what have you what have you found as a result of your work in True Play and how is that kind of panning out for for you guys in this respect? Yeah. So we, we did our launch in August. We've had a, just a tremendous response. You know, our, our, our customers love it. You know, we, we're mm -hmm. finding the kids love it. And when you look at our, our statistics, here's an interesting fact. As a, as a parent, if you're listening and you're thinking about subscribing to True Play, here's what we just learned. For a Christian family who takes their kid to church, we're going to more than double your kid's exposure to God's word because we're finding the average, yeah, the average kid uses True Play an hour and a half per week. Hmm. And every piece of content, here's our commitment to, to our families. Everything we do is going to be fun. It's going to be beautiful, but it's going to contain God's truth. We're not just here to entertain your kid or be a safe space. We're here to bring God's truth. Now, it may mm -hmm. look like a biblical story in a game. It may look like the Rimverse, which is our, our characters like Maple and Oliver and Lucas, who's on my t-shirt, which I'm happy to tell you about. <laughs> but everything we do is grounded in God's truth. And so, even if you're taking your kid to church once a week, which is awesome, we're going to more than double your kids' exposure to that, and they're going to love it because we're seeing our, our top four games uh, in terms of their retention rates, their usage rates, are performing the same way as the top uh, 10 games in the App Store. And people love our stuff. And we're hearing feedback from parents. Boy, my kids are really enjoying it. They're asking to play it. They're learning biblical truths. We had a child in here. We, we do a lot of, we have you know, little kind of get-togethers. We have we have uh, children come and test our games and see what they think and give us feedback. We had a parent one time come in here who didn't bring her kid to church, and the kid saw a scripture written in one of the games. She goes, well, Mom, what is that? 
mom goes, that's the Bible. That's probably the first time she'd ever seen that. And so, so it's, the feedback's been tremendous. We've had a tremendous amount of people endorse us. Uh, Dean Kane, Kevin Sorbo, Governor Huckabee, uh, my friend uh, Ken Harrison at Promise Keepers, my friend Will Graham at uh, Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, a lot of other people, just fantastic people who've said, hey, look, this is what we need. The quality's really high. You know, Tina Griffin at the Counterculture Mom would be another one, just, you know, the high quality. It's, it's, it's content we, our kids need. And the time is now because our kids really are in a crisis that, frankly, the American entertainment industry has perpetuated. I love it. And that's, that's so, again, so cool to see, you know, the kinds of, the kinds of things that you can do when you put God first in these sorts of scenarios. I'm, I'm, let's kind of, uh, you know, shift gears a little bit and let's like kind of get into the nitty gritty of the business, some of the business aspects of it. Cause I'm just curious. And I think I know our listeners will be too. What kinds of challenges do you experience from perhaps have you experienced in the past where that you've now either learned from say in a previous position or whatever, and how are you applying that now, especially given your very distinctly Christian focus in solving business problems? Let's talk about that. Here's our approach at True Play. So if you think about, okay, we, we kind of start with first principles. Elon Musk does a good job of talking about, start with first principles. Mm-hmm. What are we trying to achieve? Okay, we're trying to change the number from 31% of kids believe in God to 40 to 50 to over half of kids believing in God. Now that's not going to happen overnight, but that can happen over time. Things can mm-hmm. change. Things can get better. Billy Graham, that happened because of Billy Graham's ministry. Yeah. It, it happened, you know, think about what George Lucas did with Star Wars and how that changed everything that's ever oh, happened man. for science fiction since, <laughs> yeah. right? Yep. So here's the point. So we start, okay, that's our objective. Now, we've got to create a tr- um, content people are going to love, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, how do we do that? Well, creating great content means you've got to hire great people. Yep. And they've got to be able to deliver you know, you, you, there are companies where they have great people and nothing ever gets done because it's not well, well organized, not well mm-hmm. run, right? So we've got to execute like the best Silicon Valley companies. You know, the number one source of wealth creation and innovation in our country in the last 25 years has been Silicon Valley. No question, right? right? Apple, Facebook, Google, et cetera. Now, the social effects have been pretty deleterious from my perspective, mm-hmm. very deleterious. But in terms of the economic you know, output, it's been tremendous. So you, we use at True Play, we, we, we've hired truly world-class people that God has sent to us. I'm happy to tell, tell some of those stories. That we then organize and execute based on the best practices from Silicon Valley operations that I learned from being there 15 years. But the, per, the differences are for, for achieving Christian mission. So there's some things in Silicon Valley, some behaviors and, and values we're not going to use. We're going to use Christian mission values, but we're going to operate in best practices to execute as a business as best we can. Awesome. So what are some of like the top couple of things that you might say are things that maybe we wouldn't expect are those amazing, like those really important principles that you're bringing to bear, perhaps from Silicon Valley, but that you're applying here? And like, what are some of the lessons that you've learned in that respect? Absolutely. So one would be quarterly goals. So okay. we meet once a quarter as an executive team and we decide what are our goals. Now that could be number of subscribers, that can be the um, certain financial metrics, that can be uh, numbers of games released. Because for those who are listening, TruePlay is one app with a bunch of games, comics, videos. Mm-hmm. Kind of like if you use Netflix, there's a bunch of movies. Well, at TruePlay, there's a bunch of games and apps. And, and, and acti- oh, sorry, a bunch of games and co- comics and videos in one app. So we're always adding new things. Mm-hmm. So 
the goal is, hey, we got to release, we're going to releasing, you know, Benjamin and the Armor of Logos, and we're releasing the Book of Imagination, and we're releasing, um, what else are we do in this quarter? <laughs> oh, uh, a, Noah, a game about Noah. And so, uh. bam, those things are coming out. We got to get that done. And so then it trickles down because we have, a, you know, we have an organization of almost around 100 people. And so everybody's job here counts. There are no jobs at True Play that don't matter. There are no easy jobs either, by the way. This, we don't apologize for that. This is, you know, people come to work at True Play. This is an NBA team. This is not a junior high basketball team. This is an NBA team. The people who work here are world class. There's expectations. People have to deliver. Now, some people love that because what we find is A players want to work with A players. That's A players, right. you know, it's like it's like the NBA. Somebody throws the ball, they want the other guy to catch and dunk it. You don't want to be in a situation where you throw the ball, the guy's looking the other direction, the ball goes out of bounds, the other team gets <laughs> yeah, the ball. That's you, me. You no. know. <laughs> right. We don't want that. So, <laughs> yeah. so for us, here's your quarterly goal at the executive level. And then every person in the company has their quarterly goals tied to those big goals. And that's, that's mm -hmm. a system called OKRs that Google uses. There's a lot of companies that use it, but that's one example. Another one is hiring, right? Mm -hmm. um, we hire the best. And, and I have to say, uh, you know, as an entrepreneur, and for those listening, I know this is a business podcast, you learn a lot by your mistakes. And I'm not going to sit here oh, and yeah. tell you it's fun to learn from your mistakes. It sucks. <laughs> but <laughs> but you, 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 you learn over time because of the mistakes that we make. And so um, for hiring, hey, look, you have to really dial in. What are we looking for? Well, at True Play, we're looking for three things. One, we want people who are truly excellent in their field, truly world-class, not just, oh, you know, this is my first time, I'll give it a shot. No, no, no. We need, a, we need examples of demonstrated excellence. Number two, you've got to be excited about our mission. Our mission is to change culture for children through the truth of Jesus Christ. You need to be excited about that because it's, you know, startups is not easy and neither is Christian mission. Christian mission is not easy. So yeah. you get a sign up to do both, you better love it, right? Yep. And what the third thing is, you've got to be able to fit at a startup. And that was an adjustment. I'll just be honest. An adjustment we had to make in hiring when we first kicked off hiring, we just had those first two criteria. And then we found sometimes people from big companies have a hard time being nimble, have a hard time being uh, moving quickly, have a hard time seeing around the corner because see at larger organizations, there's a lot of people who do a lot of things for you. At startups, you got to do a lot of stuff. And by the way, you got to do, even if you're a leader, you got to do some individual contributor things and you probably have to do some things you don't like to do. I, it's funny, I tell people, team all the time, you have to do stuff you don't like to do. You know why? Because I have to do stuff I don't want to do. Yeah. It's part of what you sign up for. So if you find people who can fit into the startup culture, and then the third one I'll give you since you asked, another Silicon Valley principle, move quickly. We're going to mm -hmm. experiment. We're going to try. Some things are going to you know, fail fast. People have heard the fail fast. We're going to fail fast. If it works, great. If it doesn't, no problem. Let's try a second time. Let's try a third time. Let's move quickly and keep iterating until we have something that people really love. And that's how we've been able to produce the fantastic results we're getting on, on our consumer, you know, consumers loving our product. So now I want to kind of ask the question from a slightly different perspective here and with a very different angle. So one of the common things that I would say that you know, we, we find amongst our for, fellow Christians is that there are misunderstandings a lot about how businesses work, how economics works. And I'm curious that from a particularly interesting business model where you are doing startup level work with a Christian kind of emphasis and, and focus there, what kinds of things are you trying kind of, when you bring somebody in from that hiring, you know, uh, after that hiring experience, 
do you have to kind of retrain them on or what misunderstandings do these folks maybe have that you are constantly kind of reiterating or teaching? What can we learn, you know, from the things that you have learned in this respect? That's a great question. And then we have had that. And then, like I said, you, you do learn from your scars. Yeah. So what I would say to you, Norman, is number one, I worked at a church when I, I, I took a year between my sophomore and junior year and I worked at a church in, in South Africa. And, and it was a very dysfunctional place where people's attitude was basically, well, it's a church, so my emotions are kind of the most important thing. And by the way, at the church I was at, again, this church in South Africa, they're not paying much anyway. So uh, it doesn't really matter if I deliver or not. And, and nobody was really held accountable. And it was, it was you know, kind of chaos and, and wasteful. And so I have seen, now look, there are some churches that are incredibly well run. There, there are. Uh, but I have seen churches, and if you're a listener, you, you may have seen this too, where people feel like if they walk into work at a church, they're not accountable or, or it's about their emotions. Because look, it's true that as a church, your churches are, are we are called to accept people, you know, you're a child of God. We're, you're, yeah, you're, you're, you know, we, we are welcoming you to come to the church. That's the church's yeah. model, right? Of course, you can walk right in the door. Nobody screens you to walk in the church. Nobody makes you take a test or give a blood sample. No, you just come in and sit down, right? No problem. Okay. It, so, so here's the difference though. In a Christian business, yes, as a human being, we welcome you, but you have to deliver. This is not like, hey, just hang out and it's all good. Now, look, the vast majority of people who work here and have worked here are they're on it. They're exceptional people. They work incredibly hard. They deliver. But, you know, have we had a, have we had a story or two where people came in and didn't think they, they got to slough around because it's mm-hmm. a Christian deal? Absolutely, we did. And so the other thing is we're very upfront because, you know, you're going to get people coming in and, and different ministries face this. I mean, they, look, there's a lot of Christian charities. You imagine Compassion International, Samaritan's yep. Purse, these groups. They take people from all different walks, denominations, and so forth. Sometimes people aren't even Christians, but they come to work for the, the place because, you know, they believe in the mission and stuff. So you have to kind of say, okay, guys, we're here for this purpose, but you have to delete, leave. Uh, if you have an ax to grind on denominations, you need to leave that at the door. We're not, we're not going to make people feel bad about when they take communion or <laughs> yeah. some, some esoteric theological you know, dispute. You, know, you guys want to have a healthy conversation, fine, but we're not, we're not going to beat people over the head with um, you know, some, some essentially you know, some, some minor theological matter, right? We're going to treat the Bible as our foundation of truth. We're going to use that for how we tell the stories and as we best can, as we operate, and we're not going to squabble about, about minor things. And, and that's another, another thing that I'm very adamant about because you, you know what someone, here's something I I feel really passionately about. What is the definition of theology? The definition of theology is man's understanding of God. Okay. Can anyone completely and perfectly understand God. No, we're humans. God is bigger than our mind can ever be around. Thus, does anybody have perfect theology? No. Obviously, there's central tenets, mm-hmm. but no one is 100% right about everything about God all the time. And so we have to have some humility as to say, hey, you may go to this church, I may go to that church, I may have this perspective, you may have that. But this is the mission. These are the core tenets, and let's let's go let's go work together. And that that for the most part, it really has worked. We haven't had much issue around that. Yeah, I love that, and and it's it's very much part of our ethos here, even at LCI, is that 
we we want to be able to have robust debates, um, but when it comes to the mission that we're trying to accomplish, uh, that that is that comes first in the sense of uh, adhering to the core of the gospel, um, but not getting tied up necessarily in some of the the little bits, if you will. And so that's I think it's really interesting to hear. And so as we begin to kind of close out, because I know we have a limited amount of time, um, can you reflect maybe? once more on, on a bit of your past. And the way I want to phrase this question is, is kind of the way I do for, for all of our guests, which is, you know, imagine that you were giving advice to your younger selves and going back to perhaps the start of your career or as you're, as you're you know, starting off um, in, in the work that you're doing. What kind of things have you learned that you would want to impart to somebody younger, uh, a younger version of yourself, if you will? Okay. Now, okay, if clearly you want to be like, you know, you'd probably say convert earlier. <laughs> but, uh, but what else uh, would you, might you say? Uh, here's what I would say. Uh, and I'm going to say this to people who are, whether you're starting a business or you're starting a Christian mission, because God has called, you know, people to different things. And, and I want, you know, I want that to be uh, respected. I would say um, one of the things that I did right was when I got my calling, I, I leaned into it. Mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of people, there are a lot of people I know who do, he do hear from God, who do get a calling, but they, they run away. And it's, it's the parable of the four soils. It's yep. the third soil, right? Jesus said, the seeds planted, it grows, but it gets choked out by thorns and vines. What is that? The cares of this world, money, riches. What will other people think? I see that in Silicon Valley all the time. Mm, yeah. Silicon Valley has so many capable people, and there is a remnant of Christians out there, but I way too often see them run away from, from a calling because what will other people think? Yep. Um, secondly, um, I would say as an entrepreneur or a mission, a mission person, be really careful who you hire. You want to hire people who can, again, work really well in a small organization. So what does that mean? They need to be able to move fast. They need to have, be able to see around corners and things need to be done with excellence. And frankly, they need to be willing to work hard and long because you know it's not, it's not for the faint of heart. It's not the post yeah. office where you clock in and clock out. It's not how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to have um, a high bar like I said, you want people to be aligned with what you're doing and excellent at what they do and a fit in a small organization. So too often as a young entrepreneur, my first company, well, probably did, did it more, <laughs> did it twice, my first two, I, I, would, I knew what I wanted. I'd get convinced usually by the recruiter, hey, this isn't really what you asked for, but this verse will be perfect. <laughs> and you know, you feel time pressure. You want to get things done. You want to move fast. Okay, well, come on, Joe. I, you know, Joe's not really what I was looking for, but let me let me hire Joe anyway and just keep moving. Or you'd hear these little flags in their interviews that would tell you that they're not a good cultural fit, like they'd be bad-mouthing their former employers all the time. That's a big, by the way, huge red flag. If you have an employee that you interview and more than once they bad-mouth a former employer, toss them. Get out of there. Yeah. So, you know, I, I too often... I would move too fast to try to hire somebody who was not a fit. And then the problem is, is it's actually a triple whammy. The first whammy is, sorry, that's a dated term. It's a triple <laughs> negative. The first negative is it's, it's the wrong person. So they're not doing the job you want. The second negative is you stop looking. So when Mr. Or Mrs. Right shows up to your door, you don't hire Mr. Or Mrs. Right because you already hired Mr. Wrong. And the third negative is it demoralizes your team because what you're going to find, if you hire A players in a true play, we've been blessed to hire just so many A players. They don't want to work with B players or C players or D players. If, if they're, you know, it, it's no different. If, if you're doing a great job, like go watch videos about Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan. And there's a, well, right. they were always, 
harder on their teammates. Yeah, because they wanted to win. Yep. You know, Kobe didn't appreciate the fact that Shaq didn't work out and got overweight, right? Jordan didn't appreciate, if you go watch The Last Dance, people came on the team and were taking, taking it easy and not taking it with the seriousness that they needed to be the world champions. It's the same mentality. Winners want to win and they want to have their teammates have the same mentality. And so you got to hold the bar high, even if it takes longer. And it's hard. It's hard to be patient. Trust me as an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. but you got to be patient. And that's some of my biggest advice. And I guess the, the last one is choose your partners carefully, whether it's co-founders, whether it's investors, um, other major business partners. Um, you know, you need to really be sure you've got aligned values with the people you're, you're going all in with. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Brent, for spending so much time with us today. I know you got a, a tight schedule, so I want to get you on your way. But thank you so much for imparting this wisdom to us. I know that I want to talk to you further. I wish I could have another couple hours with you. And, uh, and next time in Austin, I'm going to uh, be ringing you up. <laughs> That'd be great. I'd like to enjoy that. I really enjoyed the time, Norman. And thank you. And God bless everybody. Thank you. This has been the Faith Ventures Podcast. We'll see you next time. <laughs>